Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. I want to welcome you to the worship services of Homerville Church of Christ. We're about to get started, and we hope you find everything done in accordance with the New Testament pattern of worship. And if you are able to come and be with us, we'd love to have you visit Sunday at 10 for Bible study, 11 for worship, 6 p.m. for our evening service, and then on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock p.m. for Bible study. Thank you for stopping by, and we... Look forward to seeing you. Have an opportunity to be with us.
service this morning. Scripture reading will be done by Brother Ryan in Proverbs 24, 1 through 12. Proverbs 24, 1 through 12. Reading singing will be Brother Andrew and Brother Brian. Supper,
fruit of the vine represents Jesus' shed blood, and this time I will say a prayer for the fruit of the vine. Once again, dear Lord, we thank you for sending your son to die for our sins, and now he's taken the fruit of the vine, which represents his shed blood, that we pray that we'll take it in the manner pleasing unto you. In Christ's name, pray again.
now come to another portion of our service, which is giving. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, where we're commanded to give, and starting in verse 1, it says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, pouring up that you may prosper, that there be no collections made from the country. At this time, I must say a prayer for the offering. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day and everything you give us. And we thank you for providing us with jobs so we have a way to earn a living, Lord. And as we give back a portion of that, which you bless us with, we pray that we give it a manner of living unto you. God's name, pray, Lord. would mark the book with number 715. 715. I'll be the following person. You may uh, put, put your marker there. Turn over to number 425.
Good to be with you this morning. Always a pleasure to visit with Homerville. Get to see people that we've known for several years. Appreciate the work that you do. And uh, Bible camp. Uh, every year, Brother Arnold offers you that invitation. I want you to know it's a good one. Uh, if you run out of something to do, we'll have we'll find you something to do. Uh, this week, you may just come out there and pan us. That'd be good enough. I uh, appreciate the volunteers who work out there, and uh, appreciate uh, everything you do. Appreciate Brother Brian leading that song for me for the lesson today. Today, we're going to talk about the comfort that God offers us. You know, God offers help for us if we'll accept it. That's the problem. A lot of times, we don't go to God when we need help. We don't look to God as we should because being human beings, sometimes we think, well, we can do everything. Well, now God expects us to do our part, and does. But there comes a time when we have to say, I've done all I can do, and, and now I'm going to give it to God. Where could I go? Second Corinthians chapter 1, beginning verse 3, said, Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforted us in our tribulation, which we might be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted with God. In this passage, the Apostle Paul talking there to the Corinthian brethren, he's talking about how we can gain comfort from God, but notice what the purpose of that is. One of the purposes of that is, is that when we're comforted, that we ourselves then will be able to comfort others. What a wonderful thing the church is. Because God blessed us with this, this entity, the church, which is his body, so that we can seek comfort from one another. <clears throat> Our world is full of trouble and trials. Young and old alike face things, and, and our young people today face things that most of us didn't face till a, a later age, perhaps, but they face things today. We had a young person not too long ago in, in Richmond Hill decide that there was nowhere they could turn and so they killed themselves. And if they'd just known that there was somebody waiting there to help them, if they'd been part of the body of Christ, they might have been able to reach out and found some help. Where could I go? God offers help if we'll just accept it. Notice what the Bible says about this. In Psalm 55, verse 22, it says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, notice, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. As a child of God, that gives me great comfort because I know when, when I'm at my lowest, I can go to God, and he knows He knows my burdens. Brother Brian, again, talking about Christ and the things he suffered from Philippians chapter 2, where it said, Let this mind be you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he took on the form of the Son. And so he was here, and he understood the trials and the troubles the tribulations that, that we face. And so when I have a burden and I go to God, I know he is there to sustain me. In Psalm 27, beginning in verse 4, the psalmist wrote there, One thing have I desired, Lord, that 
will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire his temple. And notice this next part. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me and set me upon a rock. Friends, again, God is there for us. The devil is out there. And he hurls all kinds of, of darts at us, all kinds of things to try to, to bring us down as Christians, to, to hurt us, to cause us to doubt God. And the psalmist said, in the time of trouble, he'll hide me in some vision. You know, I can call this little child sometimes things that scare little child, you know. And uh, where do they run? They run to mom and daddy, whichever they can. I remember Mark. He's out now, so I can talk about him. But he broke his foot. Now, he blamed his brother for that. <clears throat> there may be some truth in that, but we haven't ever decided which it is. But you know what? He was hurting. And he was crying, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And I'd work on him, and he'd look up. Mama's over there, and he's not calling Mama. Mama, Mama. So we'd swap off, and then he'd holler for me again. But he knew he needed some help. He knew he needed some help. Friends, we know we need help. We can call, and God is there. If we're his child, God offers help if we'll just accept it. In Psalm 46 and verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Again, I want us to see what the Bible tells us about God being there for us. He's offering this help for us. And when we think about needing this help, 1 Peter 5, beginning verse 6, says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. There is a key right there to understanding this idea of getting comfort from God. I've got to humble myself in the presence of God. You know, some people get so much pride, so much pride in themselves of, of who they think they are, that they fail to look up to the one who gives them everything. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. God will take care of the exalting. We don't have to do it ourselves. Then he said, casting all your care upon him, why? For he cares for you. Praise God does care for you. He cares for the sinner who's in the world today. The one who's never named the name of Christ, who's never obeyed the gospel. He cares. That's why Christ came to the world. But as his children, we know that he cares for us and cares for us deeply. Well, where could a young person go? Where could a young person go who's struggling in this life? And parents, grandparents, this, this is something we need to really make sure our, our young people understand. Again, they face so many things today, and life seems to be so difficult sometimes. But notice this, Psalm 119, beginning verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to thy word. What does the psalmist say? That's how the young person, that's how the young person can, can find help in these struggles, by going to God. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, Lord. Teach me thy statutes. Friends, this young person needs to have something to hang on to. Now, most of us who have children and have gone through the teenage years with children realize there are times when mom and daddy's not exactly the one they want to hang on to. Now, if they live long enough, they'll come back home, won't they? And they'll say, mom and daddy knew what they're talking about. 
But if we instill in them from the time they're from the womb until they reach those ages, even though they're going to have some difficulties, they're going to know even if they don't agree with mom and daddy, God is still there for them. And it's not this, this belief outlook that they've got on life that you just know where to turn because they'll know there is. There's a God in heaven. In Psalm 119, beginning of verse 9, it says, With my lips have declared all thy judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of the testimonies, and much is all in all riches. And notice the next part. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy words. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy words. I recall as a young person going to Bible class, uh, even as a, a small child, and the teacher teaching us verses, scriptures, memorized. And, and those those passages that we that we memorized, as we thought about those things, you know, I didn't I didn't really understand what, what they were trying to do. Sometimes I thought they were just trying to give us something new to keep us busy. Then I got a little older. And struggles and tribulations and trials came my way. Guess what came into my mind? Some of those very passages that those teachers long ago instilled in me. And I was able to get through those times. Because young people need a help. Young people need, need a help. They need to have a good background in spiritual training. All of them do. Now notice this, Ecclesiastes 12.1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Now, how could a young person do that if they've not had it instilled in them to start with turn to God? You see, God offers help if we'll accept it. Our young people will accept the help if they've been taught to turn to God. He said, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, or the years draw not, when I shall say, I have no pleasure in them. Now, I didn't put the rest of that passage in there because most of us are living the rest of that passage right now, aren't we? I had to pick up that stick wherever I laid it, over here somewhere, and uh, I thought of this passage. You know, not as steady as we used to be, but the young person who's instilled from the beginning about God is going to know to turn to God. As Paul said about Timothy, and that thou hast from a child known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise in the salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Praise God offers help. Young people, if you're struggling with something in your life, know that God is there for you. Your brothers and sisters in Christ are there for you too, to help you. Your parents are there to help you. But friends, turn to God. Turn to God. Where can a person go when they're disturbed? I dare say most every person sometime in their life has, has been discouraged about something. About family things, job, financial things. Been discouraged. Where can we do? Well, again, Paul said in Romans 5, beginning of verse 3, and not so only, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Now, carefully, let's examine this. Patience, experience, and experience hope. Now, again, let's go back to being a parent. We had to work on patience time to have in working with our youngsters. Patience. Okay? Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, those trials with our young people that we may have lived through, they helped us. But, you know, patience with other things, too. Patience with our fellow man is something we need to have also. But that just doesn't happen. We have to develop that. He said, patience, 
tribulation work of patience and patience experience and experience hope. Now, young folks, here's something the Bible teaches you right here. You see that patience works experience. That's why parents are trying to guide you and help you. And then that experience gives us hope. And hope makes not ashamed. Notice, hope makes not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. When we're discouraged, we need to remember to go to God. And know that the trials and tribulations that come to us, you know it's not just us. You know, have you ever known somebody who thought that everything, they're kind of like that little fella in peanuts with the cloud over his head. Everything he, they think is, is coming to them and them only. But it's not. Trials and tribulations come to us all. But God offers help if we're just willing to accept it. And friends, that's what we've got to do. Now, here are two examples of people who were discouraged. And let's see how they handle it. First of all, let's talk about Peter. To me, this is one of the most heart-wrenching times in a person's life I can imagine. In Matthew 26, 75, you remember just before this, Few, few passages before that, what's Peter said? Oh, Lord, that's not going to happen to you. I'll go with you to the end. And what did the Lord tell him? Get behind me. And he said, Peter, before that cock crows three times, you husband have denied me thrice. Well, it's just happened. Peter remembered the word of Jesus who said, when before the cock crows, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and went bitterly. You think Peter was discouraged at that moment in his life? Look what I've done. I told him I'd be there with him. And I had denied him three times. <laughs> and just as that cock crowed, he beat the eyes of the Lord. That had to be discouraged. Well, let's look at another one. <clears throat> Matthew 27, verse 3. Judas realizes something here. And just prior to this, he made this agreement to betray the Lord, and he's done it. And now they're taking the Lord to crucify him, and, and they're going to hang him on the cross. And he says, when he betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver unto the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned, and I betrayed innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See that of that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Friends, there's two lives. Now, no doubt Judas was discouraged because he came to himself and he realized what he's done. How did he handle it? How did he handle it? He didn't have godly sorrow. He didn't try to go to God to find the answer. He went and hanged himself. And so we have a, a life that's wasted and a life that was renewed. Friends, God is there to help us. That help was there for Judas if he sought that help. So when we think we've just done something that's just so terrible that God would never, never think of forgiving us, remember God said, I love you, and I'm there for you. Cast all your burdens on me. Judas wasted his life. So can you just begin to think, have you ever thought, what kind of a teacher might he have been had he repented of that and went on. What kind of example? He said, he could have said, look, look what I did, but God forgave me, and he'll forgive you. 
Now that didn't ever happen. That that'd be all speculation. But then there's Peter. When he denied the Lord. And when the day of Pentecost comes, where is he? Peter stood up for the eleven and preached the first gospel sermon we have recorded in the Bible. See, God offers help if we'll just accept it. Now, this isn't original with me. I thought it was original with another fellow, and I was looking somewhere else, and I found I found the exact same sermon again. Now, I don't know if he copied it or what. They, they lived years apart, but I like the points. Some causes of discouragement from Nehemiah 4, uh, beginning at verse 10 through 12. We're going to see fatigue, frustration, failure, and fear. Look at this passage. And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burden is decayed, and there is much rubbish. So we're not able to build the wall. And our adversary said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come to the midst of among them and slay them, and cause the work to cease. You know, they're trying to get the walls built. The enemy don't want them to. Now, the walls, the walls were in terrible shape. And there was a lot of a lot of a lot of work to be done. But notice the fatigue. He said, the bear, the strength of the bears and the burden is decayed. We're tired. The workers are tired. And here's the frustration. And there's much rubbish. Have you ever looked at a job and you thought, how in the world are we ever going to get this done? And you just, you're just frustrated because you don't think you can do it. That was the workers. Notice, they said, we're not able to build the wall. There's their thing. Here's their fear. Their enemy said, we're going to stop you. We don't want you to build this wall. And so from Nehemiah 4.10, we see causes of discouragement. Now, in each of our lives, let's think about this. Have there been times when we've just been wore out to the point that we don't know what to do and we get, we get frustrated? Frustrated because we, we, don't, we don't know if we can do it. We're tired. And then we think, well, I just can't do it. I just can't. And then we have fear of some sort setting. Well, what is the cure for that? Cures for this discouragement, Nehemiah 4, 13 through 23. Here's what we got. Reinforcement, requisition, revitalization, reposition, and reflection. Notice, verse 13. Therefore said I in the lower places along the wall and the higher places. I even sent the people after their families with swords, their spears, and their bows. Remember what they did? The enemy's out there trying to stop them. So here's the workers working, but they put them in behind them with weapons to guard them. And so there's the reinforcement, the requisition. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God. Notice where they went. We made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. They put the people out there to help them, but they prayed to God about that. We want to make this job. We want to finish this job. Revitalization, verse 14. And I looked and rose up and said to the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Some had to be, had to be touched up just a little bit. They weren't out there doing what they were supposed to be doing. He said, we need to, we need to get out there and work. The repositioning came to pass from the time forth that half of my servants wrought into the work, and the other half of them held spears and shields and bows and harbingers, and the rulers were behind all the house of Jews. Again, they had people working and had people guarding. 
And then they had the reflection. Verse 20. In what place, therefore, you hear the sound of the trumpet? Resort ye thither unto us. Our God shall fight for us. Now, look at all those words and all these comments. You say, well, what's that got to do with us? Friends, God offers help to us if we'll take it. Notice this. The reinforcement. Turn to your church family. If you're not a member of the body of Christ, become a part of the body of Christ. you got your church family to help you. I've seen it here at Homerville. I've seen it at Richmond Hill. I've seen every congregation I've had a part of where the church family is there to help you and stand behind you in times of need, in times of trouble. They're there for you. Your requisition. All of us need to be praying to God. And friends, to get to get through a time, prayer is so vitally important to know that God's listening to our prayers. But we've got to open God's book, don't we? We've got to know what it says. Because there's where we're going to find that he's there to help us. And then we've got to trust in it. Trust in his word. And then remember God's love. Friends, God offers help to us. And it's there. It's right there for us. No matter what happens to us. Now, this next part. I, I'm going to try to get through this. I got a call. Yesterday before. Hey, the man up in Philadelphia. Ken Richmond Hill. They're a young couple. He might be 30 years old. She's about 27. They moved off and went to Philadelphia. He's in the military. He called me. You know what he's doing? He's preparing her arrangements for her people. She has stage four stomach cancer. She's a cancer, been in a cancer facility. She got out. She was doing so well. It looked like maybe they turned her around and she was going to be okay. She's been in the hospital since June 3rd. They can't give her any cancer treatment because her health's not where she's taken right now. Call me. Help me make her arrangements. Now, we hope it doesn't happen anyway soon. But he's realized it's, it's something he needs to look at. Now, where is this young man going to go? Where has he been? I can tell you where he's been. He's been to God. That's a terrible thing that's happened that's going on. But you know, God didn't cause this to happen. There's illnesses in this world. And those illnesses, sometimes we get those things. How do we get through them? And if we're a child of God, you know, if we don't get through them, you know what? That's better for us. You know, the rest of us are here. We don't like to say goodbye. We like to hang on. We need to remember some things. Where can one go who is eternally ill or has a loved one who certainly Christian knows that eternity is better than the here and now. Friends, I ought to give us some comfort. God in his word tells us there's a better place. He says, Oh, let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, my father's house and in us. <laughs> if we're not so I'll tell you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Apostle Paul, he knew about that. He said, I'm just straight between two. Having a desire to part and be with Christ, which is part of Friends, even in a time such as tragedy as this, look out with it to God. That help is there. We'll accept it. But will we accept it? Second Corinthians chapter 4, beginning verse 16 through chapter 5, verse 1. Again, Paul was writing here. 
He said, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward men perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. That doesn't just happen by saying it's going to happen. That happens by being people of the book. Being a child of God, being a people of the book, and believing what the Word says and trusting in God's love. He said, For our light affliction, just for a moment, working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not to things that are seen, but things that are, are not seen, for the things which are seen us are temporal. These are just for a little while. But the things which are not seen are eternal. We know that for the house of this tabernacle dissolved, we have a building of a, house, a building of God, a house not made with hands. House not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Friends, God offers help to accept How can we get through those times? We've got to look to God. Revelation 14, 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord, and henceforth gave, shall say the Spirit, and they shall rest from the laborers, and their works be fallen. Friends, help is there. God is the God of comfort. He gives us comfort to make it through these times. He gives us comfort if we have to live through those times to know that there's a better place, a better place waiting. Again, the Apostle Paul, he said, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day, not to me only, but to all them also that love his appearing. That should give us hope. Hope and comfort to know that God says, there's a place for us. Where can I go? Where can I go? Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comfort us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. This morning, I want to ask you a question. Do you know the comfort that God offers? Not supposing that you do, but knowing for sure you're a child of God. You've believed in Christ. You've repented of your sins. You've confessed his name before men. You've been immersed in water. Your sins have been forgiven. You've been added to the family of God. You're living a faithful life. See, the comfort that's offered, the comfort that's offered to us, it's there for a reason. It's there because God loves us. And he wants us. He wants us to be able to go to heaven. But we've got to want to go. Comfort's there. If you'll take advantage of it. You're not a child of God. Won't you obey the gospel this morning? If you're a child of God, you're not living in you Come back. God offers that comfort to everyone. You can have a home in heaven. Won't you come now as we stand and as we sing?
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.